Boy, I just love on Sunday mornings. I, I love, you know, Sunday mornings is the first day of the week. And I, I guarantee this. If you put Jesus first, first fruits of the week, the rest of the week goes very well. Uh, first day of the week is Sunday. First thing you do on Sunday morning is to give Jesus glory and honor. And the rest of the week will go very, very well. God is good about honoring first fruits. Give him your first fruits. Sunday mornings are so encouraging for me. Thank you, Jesus, for that opportunity. I wanted to get in the message today. I'm very excited about this. I'm very humbled by this today. And if you have your word with you, uh, you can turn in the book that you have. You can turn onto your phone if you have it digitized or whatever you choose to do. And we're going to take, uh, we're in Matthew 6 and we're talking about what is in your reach. But here, um, listen to me. Today, we're not going to go into Matthew 6. Um, when I'm going to study, the Lord took me in another direction, and we'll go to Matthew 6 next week with prayer because he wants to build upon precept, and he wants us to learn something, an Old Testament principle first, and then we'll be able to go to Matthew 6 and understand it much better. I'm going to tell you today that in your reach, you have been set up. We've been talking to the men's group. I'll bring it up just shortly. In the men's group, we've been having something going on, and, and we've got a new slogan now that says we've been set up. And I believe God sets us up for divine appointments. He sets us up for time of victory. And we have got to be able to find that setup and believe in our hearts that he does that. I'm going to take you to one scripture in the Bible first. And I'm going to set a baseline for today's lesson. Be still. It says in Psalm 4.4, starting with verse 3, it says, But know that the Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. The Lord hears when I call him. Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Selah means pause, reflect. Often, it says, it says, offer your sacrifices of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Now that sounds good. And what does that tell you to be still? That means to be quiet, to allow him to work. That's the moment of taking a break. And I'll tell you, when I looked at it deeper, be still in that one. There is the Greek word right there. If you want to pronounce it, up to you. Go ahead and try. It's, it's only used one time in the Old Testament in this context. And so we must know what it means to be still in this realm. Okay, it says this. The root word, Hebrew word, is this. It means to be astonished, to stop, to cease, forbear, hold peace, quiet self, rest, be silent, keep, put to silence. Be or stand still. Tarry or wait. Now, doesn't that sound good? Doesn't it sound to be still? Do you understand what that's saying in that scripture? Do you have a baseline of what that means? Very good. Times that God will say, be still. And what he means is to quiet, to release, to let go, and to allow God to speak to us. He wants to talk to us all the time. And often we are too busy in America. And often we find ourselves missing what God wants to do. He says, be still. It's in Psalm 4.4. And there it is. There's the Greek word. You guys have a hold of that? That's what it means. Now we're going to go on. Be still and know that I am God. Now, I don't know. I've got a picture of the youth up there. Is this. Youth night, we gathered and we started the day. We did everything just as normal. We had them come in and the youth would just gather and they kind of run around and, and have fun and talk and communicate and and we get things ready because we have an hour of power there. It starts at 6.30. So we gathered everybody around. Anybody that was in youth would know that we gathered everybody around a circle right here. We have a circle campfire right here without a fire. And Sonny will open up a few songs. And, and it's just to 
come into the presence of God. It's very important. Music is a very powerful tool, is it not? Doesn't it help us get into his presence? Doesn't build not harmony with everyone and, and get us to a place to receive and to be able to share? And so Sonny does that so well, and we all sing together. And all of a sudden then we said, well, there's their needs in here. We need to pray. And there was one girl that was brought up. Her name was Jenna. And that was a prayer need that was very serious. It was cancer was diagnosed and that she would go into chemo. And anybody knows a teenager facing cancer, that's a very, that's a very hard thing. It's a hard thing for her. It's a hard thing for family. It's a hard thing for anybody that tries to carry that kind of burden. And then as we ask, okay, we're going to pray for anybody else have a prayer need. Three other girls, three other teenagers facing cancer were brought up. Has four girls with cancer diagnosed that are facing something very serious. And I don't know about All of a sudden, God says, stop. Something needs to happen here. You know, there is a time to be still. And I'm telling you right now, if you move past this, you'll miss it. And so often in our times, in our, our Christian walk, we, fi we find ourselves calling us Christians. We wear crosses and we miss the moments, those moments where God says, I want you to stop. And he did that night. He spoke to me and he gave me that scripture. He says, be still, know that I'm God. And when he spoke that to me, I knew he wanted to do something. So I dropped to my knees and I stayed there. I didn't care what anybody else thought. You see, when God says to be still, you don't give a rip what's happening. You say, God, you want to do something, and you want to speak, and, and I'm all yours. So I dropped to my knees, and Hobie, awesome man of God, and prays for the, the needs. And the Lord said, just stay where you are. So I did. And I don't know when and what happened. I just knew the Lord started to move. And when he moved, he spoke, he helped those people that were open. And all of a sudden, the Lord had a different plan that night because we were still. You know, leading a charge sometimes means to fall to your knees. Leadership isn't looking behind you to see how many people are following you. Leadership is trusting God's word and dropping to your knees to ask the man, the army of hosts, the king in charge, what he wants to do. And he will always... If you find yourself on your knees and humbling yourself, he will always speak to you and he will guide you. He will instruct you. Drop your plans. Drop what you think is important. And be still. So we did. And God had a different plan. And thank God we listened. Leading a charge often means falling to your knees. If you have not fallen to your knees in the presence of God, it's time to man up. It's time to woman up. It's time to be a church who's not afraid to fall on their knees. If you believe a prayer and you believe prayer works, let's, let's, be, a, let's be a tool. Let's be a church that's active, believing with faith. So we did, and man, God took hold. I want to talk about a scripture today, and I pray God will give me the, the wisdom to communicate this. To be still was often misinterpreted in my life. Often I led by being still, but I wasn't being still. So I want, us, I want to talk about this today, and I want us to get a hold of this. And, and maybe in our insight today, God will speak in this time to help guide us. Be still in Psalm 46, verse 10. All of you know this, and most of us have repeated it in, often in assemblies and meeting together. 
be still, and it says, and know that I'm God. In context, we have to read the whole psalm, and we're going to do that. First, now I want you to get this, it is a setup, okay? It's a setup. The who. God is a refuge and strength, verse 1. Always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. For the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos. Do you see that today? The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. Are you guys setting up the tone in your hearts of what God and who he is? Before you go and you lead anything and before you be still, you recognize who you're being still for. Make sure you understand who God is. He is your refuge and he is your strength. He always is ready to help in times of trouble. It doesn't matter what earthquakes are before you. It doesn't matter if seas are roaming and storming. It doesn't matter all those storms around you. God is a God of his promise. There is a city of our God, and it will never be destroyed. Never be destroyed. Let's, that's the setup, okay? Let's go on. The Lord of heaven's armies are here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. You've got to understand. When you come and you're still, what it means to be still is this. To rest, to stop and say, God, I know who you are. I have a recognition of who you are. The word says you, you are my help in every time of trouble. You are my fortress. You're everything that I need. I'm coming before you. When you have your mindset, he then says what? He is here among us. Do you feel his presence? You can't pray without his presence. You'll be led to fear. But you have got to rest in that. You have to be assured of that. And then all of a sudden, God comes, and he's here among us. Those people of worship, this song, knew that the Lord of heaven's armies, the king, that one who is righteous, that one who is victorious, the one of justice, is on our side. Isn't it good news? The Lord of heaven's armies are here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Fortress is a place of protection. He builds walls around us. He is our deliverer. He's our victory. Verse 8 says, come see, <laughs> when he's among us, come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow, the bow, and snaps the spear. He builds, or he burns, I'm sorry, the shields with fire. He's a victorious one, is he not? Isn't the war his? Isn't he the one you have your battles with? You don't stand still and stop. You don't stand still. You walk forward. You keep in that motion. God is our deliverer. He will be our help in times of trouble. Isn't he good? Look what he does. He is here. He's established. Look what he's done. He brings. He causes. He breaks. He burns. Isn't he good? And then... God speaks. Listen to me. Psalm 46, third person. They talk about who he is. They recognize he's with us. 
Hey, look what he's done. He's here among us. Now God speaks. Isn't it good when he speaks? Here's verse 10. God says this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by what? Every. You guys, you guys do the math. Every nation. Every people group. He will be honored. I will be honored throughout creation. My creation. The world. Isn't it good? God speaks. If you be still. If you stop. If you recognize 46 what it is. It says who is he? God. Look what you've done. Look who you are. You are the, you're the God of the city. No one can destroy you. And then. On that moment of recognition who he is, he comes amongst us. He visits us. Isn't that good? He visits. He's here among us. Look what he's done. He brings destruction. He causes wars to end. He breaks the bow and spears. He burns the shield. He is our deliverer. And then he speaks. He speaks. God's speaking right now. He's speaking to this nation. He's speaking for his church. And he closes with what he began in verse 7. The Lord of heaven's armies are here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Now listen, be still. What does that mean? Now this is something I misinterpreted before. What does be still mean? It is not the same be still as we read before. Psalm 4.4, take the Hebrew word, it's not the same. This is another be still. That one was used one time in 4-4. Now we take the same, what we would call the same word, and we place it in Psalm 46, verse 10, and it's not the same Hebrew word. Different. So what you learned before about being still, being quiet, to stand in his presence, to recognize who he is, to quit what we're doing, and to rest is not the same word. Would he not, God, use the same word if that's what he wants us to do? Wouldn't you think? Well, let's see what be still does mean. He will be honored by all people for all creation is his goal. So to be still brings him honor. To be still here means to honor him in all creation, all earth, and all people. Be still and know that I'm God, and I will be honored in every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. He speaks. Now take a look at the word. Hebrew word word is this. In short definition, it means to sink or relax. Now, you might think that's just about the same. It's not. Here's what it really means. It means two things. God speaks. It's for two sets of people. It's for his believers and it's those who are enemies. At the same time, when God speaks, anytime God speaks in his word, it's for both parties. This is only used one time in his word. One time in his word. In his context. The followers, it means courage. For those who are enemies, it says lose courage. For followers, it means to become. Become who we're supposed to become. To step into his calling. To know we are people and children of God. Who are we? To them, it means discourage, to leave, to cease. To us, it means to be drawn to him, into his presence. To be drawn to the king, the king, the big I am. To him, to the enemies, it means to cease, to become helpless. To let them alone. To let them go. To let go. To be feeble. To fail. Most often uses to mean to fail. Would God tell us to fail? Think about it. Does he say be still and say you fail? 
But wouldn't it make more sense if, he, if we gather before him and we declare who he is, like it says in Psalm 46? Isn't that a wonderful song? Psalm 46, to gather us all, to know who he is, and then recognize what he does. Then recognize he's here among us. And then God speaks and says, be still. It wouldn't make more sense that he's actually turning to the enemies and saying, what? Cease. Let them alone. Be feeble. Fail. Wouldn't it make more sense in that context? See, it's an action word. It's a verb. To us means wait, to relax, to be drawn, to become, to be courage. Oh, I love that. See, when you read that word, and often it's used, and I see how many times it's been used for those. It's used in other times, too. And here we are. Say, Lord, I'm confused with the word. It means to be courage. It means to be discouraged. I don't know. Why is you see both people? Because when God speaks, he speaks to both parties. He speaks to the church, and he speaks to the enemies. Isn't God good? <laughs> There's the Greek word right there, harpu. That's not the same Greek word. If it means for us just to be quiet and to relax and to stand still and to wait and to recognize who he is and just stay like this, you got sadly mistaken. For that's in Psalm 4.4. 4. Psalm 46 verse 10, not the same thing. That means war. That means we serve a mighty king. That means the victory is ours. Be still. You see, on Wednesday night, I had an opportunity to be still. My be still is giving God an opportunity to do something. All I had to do was fall to my knees and, and not move. See, that's leading. I didn't realize that when he said, be still, know that I'm God. I didn't realize what that really meant until I studied it. Thank God that he is a God, the host of the armies of God. Isn't it good that he's the commander-in-chief? Isn't Jesus good that he's got it all in his hand? And isn't it good he can turn to an enemy and say, fail? <laughs> He's good for you and me. Why are we so concerned? Does our prayers lifted up to God, are they in fear and concern, dismay, trouble? Or do we turn to our God when we're still, like the word says to? I'm learning that. Used one time. I wanted to go to one quick illustration. I want you guys to get a hold of this. There's a time when Moses speaks. And Moses is a time where he's leading millions of people. And I don't know about you, that's an excellent leader. He leads them out of Egypt, and he's going across, and all of a sudden he's faced with a huge Red Sea. Huge. And then he realizes, well, as we meet this body of water, and believe me this, the presence of God led them there. It was a pillar by, what, fire by night, and a pillar of cloud by day. Did not God's presence lead them right to that place? Yes. It's a setup, people. And as they sat there and they started to worry, because here comes the army of Egypt. How are we going to get through this one? The army comes this way, we've got to see, oh, we're in big trouble. And then Moses stands up and he says these famous words, be still and know, today is that our salvation. See the salvation of the Lord. He says to be still. At that moment, he gives the instructions to the people of God and says, be still, and now see, see the salvation of God. What happens? He turns to the Lord and says, God, help me. Does he not? And God says this very thing. A, a sentence later, he says, Moses, why are you crying out to me? See, Moses had the right idea. There's salvation coming. Did 
Salvation's coming. But the be still was not it. Moses said to stand still, did he not? Read it in your word. He says to stand still, and that's not at all what God wanted. See, when he turned to God, God says, why are you pleading for me? Why are you crying out to me? See, I'm telling you to raise your rod of authority over that sea. And when you raise it over the sea, I said move forward is the opposite of standing still. See, Moses had it right. Salvation is going to come. But he was saying, God, help us. Would you save us? And standing still is not at all what God wanted. Stand still was not at all what God wanted. He said, raise that rod. We know rods are authority. Raise your authority over that lake. And now I'm telling the people to move forward. That's what I want you to do. You shall see my salvation. But I'm standing here waiting for you to do what I've told you to do. So I believe today is this. Often people are standing still. And God's saying, be still. There is a huge difference. And we can take that right out of context and say, God, you just, I'm, I'm going to stand, I'm going to be still and know that you're God, and I'm waiting. And he's saying, I'm not telling you to wait for anything. I'm telling you to go forward. And often, all of you as believers in God have authority. Every one of us has a rod, spiritual rod of authority. Are you lifting it over your ocean? Or are you just standing still? What voice are you listening to? So Moses learned a very valuable lesson. Great man of God. I am not here to debate how good. He is a wonderful man of God. But he understood the difference between standing still and being still. This is not a setback, folks. It's a setup. And I think we've got to get it straight. It is not a setup. It's not a setback. It's a setup. Let's look more. This is a setup. I'm going to tell you this. Don't stand still, be still, folks. This, so we have got to raise our authority and move forward. We have got to do what God told Moses to do at the time he thought to be still was this, to stand and wait. God says, not at all. My standing, what I'm telling you to do and be still is to know who I am, what I have done. I am here amongst you, and I am wanting you to move forward. To be still isn't standing still. Being still is to be moving forward for God. And I'm telling you today, church, if we would all just move forward, that enemy will move behind you. He is good because we serve the host of God's army. Isn't it good that Jesus has that position? I'm going to show you today a video, and I think you're going to enjoy this. I think you're really going to enjoy this. And as I bring this up, I want you to do this. I want you to meditate on what happened here, and I want you to see the power of prayer. And I want you to realize how that prayer was effective. That person did not stand still. That person was still. Be still. Okay? Let's see this. Enjoy it today. Was preaching one night in a church about a hundred miles from home after the service I started driving home through a forest a very hilly curvy forest it was the George Washington National Forest 
And as I drove through this forest, uh, approaching midnight, in the headlights of my car, I saw two deer on the side of the road. One deer jumped over the embankment. The other deer jumped straight at the headlights of the car. I was traveling 55 or 60 miles an hour, and I hit the deer broadside. The impact was tremendous. Uh, I couldn't control the car, and it plunged ahead uh, at a tangent off of the curve straight ahead into the forest. I shut my eyes. I said, God, help me. And I expected at any moment to be uh, thrown against a tree, to be thrown out through the windshield, to be injured, uh, something terrible to happen. But nothing happened except the car kept rolling into the forest. And finally, of its own accord, it stopped. Uh, opening my eyes, I saw nothing but trees on either side of the car, but I hadn't hit a thing. And when I looked around, I saw that the car had gone up a fire trail. It was the only fire trail anywhere in the area. And it was just wide enough for the car. As I stood there looking around and wondering what in the world all of this meant, I saw a light moving through the forest. And then I heard a voice. Uh, this man came walking out of the forest toward me with a lantern and he said are you hurt and I said no sir uh, I hit a deer I'm a preacher I'm on my way home uh, and I hit the deer uh, but I'm not hurt thank God and he said well let's go get the deer and we went out into the highway and pulled the deer off of the highway and went into his house it was a log cabin it was the only building only house within 10 miles of where this happened uh, this man who came out of that cabin to meet me with that lantern had one arm he had had the other arm cut off in a sawmill years before when we walked into that humble cabin a voice a female voice from a side room said Fred who is it he said it's a preacher he hit a deer she said praise God bring him in here I want to talk to him well, Fred pulled back the curtain that uh, served as a doorway to this little room off of the main room in, the, in that little cabin. And there in this bed, piled with dirty quilts, was this small, frail lady who was an invalid and had not been out of the bed for a long, long time. I said, you know, I'm sorry to have interrupted you folks here in the middle of the night. Uh, I, I, I'm really upset because I just paid for my car about a month ago. I've hit this deer. I've awakened you folks at night, and I'm, I just really feel sorry. She said, Preacher, don't feel sorry. God sent you. I've been praying that God would send somebody to talk to Fred. And she said, Remember, Paul and Silas were in prison, and they prayed and praised God at midnight. I looked at my watch, and it was 12 o'clock midnight. It was then it dawned on me that this was an accident by appointment. God had sent me here to witness to Fred. So I very briefly gave him uh, God's word and the way of salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as his savior who died for him, was buried and rose again. And if he would receive the Lord Jesus as his savior, repenting of his sins, God would take him into his family. And Fred, I said, Fred, uh, do you understand what 
God is saying in his word. He said, yes, I do. Both Fred and I knelt down in that humble little cabin in the forest. And Fred embraced the embraceable Son of God as his Savior. He put his faith in the one that bore his sins on the cross. We prayed. Fred committed his soul to the Lord Jesus. And we arose, and Fred had the sweetest smile on his face. And immediately he walked to the curtain, pulled it aside, and said to his wife, Honey, I am now saved. And she shouted at the top of her voice. I don't know how many animals around in, in that forest that night she awakened, but she was the happiest woman I think I've ever seen in my life. And now she said, we both can go to heaven together. Uh, this was a miracle at midnight. It was an accident by appointment. I do not know what's happening in your life, but I want to tell you this, that God loves you. You can experience a miracle in your life, whether at midnight or midday, when you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Thank you, Lord. There are divine appointments for every one of us. And if we be still and know that he is God, I'm telling you right now, those moments will come. And when everybody's looking at a deer and thinking something's wrong, what am I going to do? I've got a deer here. I've got a banged up car. I don't understand it. God understands it all. You be still and know that he is God. He's got things worked out. There's a victory ahead of you. If you're here today and you've been praying and you've not been able to get through something, you're faced with something, it's been a long battle, and you want victory today, I'm telling you this is the time. We are not going to sit back and we're not standing still. We are moving forward and we're not... We're not standing still. We're being still. And I right believe on. today as we pray together, we're going to have victory. Whatever you're facing today, I don't care what it is. God has lined it up. The prayers of an old woman on a bed. She did not pray for herself. She didn't want to get out of bed. It's like, I don't care if I'm in the bed. I want my husband saved. And as she prayed, God said, I'm going to line this up. I'm going to make this happen. And he took a car and a deer he took a life of a deer, a sacrifice, and he took that car right down through a path. There was only one in how many miles? Because a woman prayed. A woman was still. And look what God can do. Let's praise a God like that today. Let's come into his, let's give him opportunity to victory in our lives. Oh, I 